0: I'm <laughs> you Uh, You are listening to The Arts Report on CITR Mm 101.9 FM. We are broadcasting live from UBC's Point Gay campus on the unceded, ancestral, and traditional Musqueam territory here in Vancouver. I'm your host, Saira Unju. I have Ruby with me in the studio. Hi. And we have a wonderful show for you today. It's a bunch of reviews. And we're going to start off by Ruby's review of... Mm. Um, All Bodies bodies Dance. Wonderful. And then I have another dance show review. (laughs) It's from Kid Pivot. We have... (gasps) Oh, my
1: God. I wanted to go to that so bad, but it was sold out.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, they sold out like... (sighs) After the first night, I'm pretty sure oh my it was God. pretty great. I didn't know you were doing <laughs> that.
1: It's so awesome. I'm so jealous. I'm really happy I get to go. But
0: yeah. um, was it
1: amazing? Just like it a little was, preview oh, for the listener. Oh, it was. It was so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll say? have a review of Six of One, New Play Festival from Studio 58. I'll also okay. be talking about Arts Night mm-hmm. Out. And hopefully Lua will come in for a review of Made in Italy. But yeah,
1: Ruby, why don't you <gasps> Yes, go ahead? okay, awesome, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so I went and saw All Bodies Dance, which is basically a dance show um, for able-bodied people and people with disabilities. And I am not, I've never seen modern dance before, so mm-hmm. I had okay. no idea what to expect. And I went in and it was a series of videos and live performances. Um and the first thing was uh, uh you know something that was shot before the pandemic so there was lots of like close quarters between two of the dancers in the video. And then there were two live performances and modern dance for those of you who don't know is so mm-hmm. different than like oh yeah hip hop or like oh, yeah. oh, ballet yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> it's like it's all about an emphasis on like movement and like movement of any sort and like what that elicits and what that evokes for people.
0: Yeah.
1: So I felt like I didn't sort of have the wherewithal to to fully take in what the dance like what what was going on. Yeah. So I I waited till the end um for the Q&A. And oh, they had a q
2: and They there? had a and a which was amazing. really awesome. So all the
1: dancers came out yeah. and sat um on the stage and people stood up and asked their questions, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Classic Q&A. <laughs> didn't need to explain that. And um And there were some women who stood up and were asking questions and sort of saying what their thoughts were. And both of them were so emotional. Mm -hmm. And one woman said, you know, I started to really cry. I was shaking. I was crying so much because that that first performance, it was like. This one person wanted, you know, I've you know, I, I recognize relationships like this. This one person wanted so badly to help this other person and the other person was trying just as hard um to to, to accept their help and to 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 rise to that mm-hmm. level. And um so for her, it was so extremely powerful. Like what was reflected in that dance performance was, you know, maybe a relationship that she had been in or yeah. one that she had witnessed. Um, and so it was really cool to see people's experiences of the dance show and to, to, to see what people who had an understanding of modern dance were able to get from it. And then like what their questions were. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was also a really cool part of the show, which was filmed during the pandemic. So it was, um, a bunch of videos edited together from people's homes, um, that was directed by one of the, um, dancers and it, there were. A ton of dancers in this video, and once again, it was all just very like graceful movement. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just you know describing it in such basic terms because yeah. that's sort of how I experienced it. Because once again, not familiar with yeah. modern dance, yeah. um, and it that was really really cool. I definitely felt like, yeah, like I I personally couldn't, you know, get a lot from it. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like in a large part that is because of my lack of understanding of modern dance. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: But it just, it was really powerful to see how many people it moved and like in what way it moved them. Um, And also the, the woman who was doing the Q and a and who worked at this dance school. um, She was so in love with modern dance and so impressed with what she saw. And if anything, it was just so awesome to see people who love an art form like be able to experience it and like it's like I don't know if she was a dancer but she had gotten this job where she could be a part of modern dance all the time mm-hmm. and um that was also like I just loved I loved to see that and then also a, a really awesome part of the show was that um half the dancers were um in wheelchairs oh yeah so it was really powerful to see what they were able to do um, in the modern dance space because you know typically when you think of dancers you think of like people who are like on their feet or twerking or something, you know or typically when I think of dance sorry I'm not <laughs> not trying to project or generalize it's so funny because
0: when I think of dance I usually think of um, lyrical slash ballet because yeah. that's where my background is yeah. and what I'm familiar with mm-hmm. but whereas you when you think of dance you're Thinking about more, as you said, like, twerking, hip-hop type. Okay, of thing. well, I,
1: like, <laughs> I also did dance for years. I did, like, competition jazz and ballet and stuff yeah. like that. So, for me, I think of, like, you know, contemporary dance and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think that's the right term. I haven't done it in years. <laughs> but, um, but it, yeah, it was it was interesting to see, like, oh, like, this is a whole new art form. Yeah. And, and this art form is actually incredibly inclusive. Mm-hmm. And a whole part of the show is like for and maybe part of the reason why it was so powerful is because it's like for people with disabilities. There was so there was a lot of accessibility for audience members with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that like that was also a super powerful part of it. Not only was the show incredibly moving just as a dance performance, but it also was able to bring um, audience members and dancers with disabilities into this space Mm -hmm. where they could be included and, um also be like watched and enjoyed yeah so that was that was really cool That
0: sounds wonderful yeah. where did you see this
1: um oh my god i'm complete was it blanking. in person yeah it was in person it was at the scotia bank dance center oh okay yeah
0: it's um, downtown right
1: yeah that's cool so i with,
0: feel like this the Scotiabank bank dance center dance theater i the dance center is basically um yeah. It's, I really like that place because it feels more, um, how do I, like, it's cozier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's still a pretty big space. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. Whereas, like, for example, if you go see something at the Queen Elizabeth Theater, it's way bigger. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is a performance and I'm watching it. But at the dance center, you're kind of more, um, how do I, (laughs) the words aren't coming to me today. (laughs) 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 <laughs> You're more immersed in it. That's yeah. how I feel, but yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never seen a dance show. I mean, I saw ballet there when I was, like, tiny, but I, can't <laughs> but I you know, I, I don't remember what the space is like. But yeah. the the dance company is called All Bodies Dance, mm-hmm. and they're constantly having uh, shows. So yeah. this one is over, but they're always putting on performances, and um, you guys should go check it out. All I Bodies Dance. I also
0: believe they have... Um, classes, like workshops. And so yeah. it's not just performances. Yeah, they do. Yeah. A couple
1: times a week, they, they do have workshops. Um,
0: yeah, so if that's something of interest to you, you can just search up All Bodies Dance and yeah. then it'll show and it, up. And
1: it really is for all bodies. People of all ages were yeah. um, in this dance company. People of all abilities are in this dance company. Um, so really, anyone can go take these classes. And it also... Like, just watching the people dance, it, it seemed like such a fulfilling activity yeah. for them. All of them, you know, from the youngest to the oldest. Um that was that was really cool too
0: definitely well thank you so much ruby
1: thank you sounds
0: wonderful and before we move into the rest of our reviews i'm gonna quickly play a song by turanesh who performed at arts night out the song is called mojo jojo just Mm. like the character from the Powerpuff girls (laughs) (laughs) and i'll talk about that a little more during my review but yeah for now enjoy can't wait So that was Mojo Jojo by Turunesh. Um, she is an artist from, hailing from Tanzania. She's a UBC graduate and it was so amazing just listening to her sing and she wasn't the only one who sang at Arts Night Out, <laughs> which oh, yeah. I will be talking about right now. So Arts Night Out was a, an event a collaboration between Exposure UBC, the Blank Vinyl Project, and the Museum of Anthropology. It was at the Haida House at MoA, uh, which is a sorry, <laughs> you good? <laughs> yeah, I just got my pencil. Time. <laughs> <laughs> which is a very it's a very cozy space. Um, it's basically just a small stage and seating on all three other three sides of the place and. They had candles. They had, it's just like some mirrors. Uh, It was really nice. And the middle part of it was empty. So if anyone wanted to dance, they can. Which ended up happening at the um, very end of the show. Um, But Trunesh wasn't the only one who performed that night. They opened with a spoken word performance by Kai. And... Uh, which was very special because this was on March 31st, and March 31st is Trans Visibility Day. And Kai is a trans woman uh, who is in business school. So uh, she talked about... Good for her. Yeah, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. She, um, in one of her uh, pieces, she talked about how, you know, she was chosen as the quote-unquote unsung hero and but like she does so much, and they're not unsung at all. So she talked about how hard it is to be a trans woman, let alone be in business. And also, this whole night uh, was to celebrate women, so it was even more special, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it all came together <laughs> and the, the other two artists um, were also women one of them was Maya the other one Turnish. they both sang uh, original songs and it was overall a really nice evening because if you didn't feel like sitting down for two hours you could also go outside where they had a fire pit you could mm-hmm. roast marshmallows oh, that sounds oh. amazing. yeah you could also they had like blank papers so if um the performances uh, evoke anything in you that you wanted to let go of you could you know write your feelings your thoughts and throw them in the fire if you wanted to and also you can hear the music from outside so if you know if you wanted to do that you could do that too and that was just really nice and So I will just quickly go over the three artists. Kai, her poetry. So I don't, I'm not very familiar with spoken word uh, because I think I've only seen like spoken word performances twice in my life. And Kai's was the third one. And I feel like for me, it's very intimidating because (laughs) it has such a big community like a tight-knit community and I feel like I'd feel bad if I didn't like something Um, but that was no worries because Kai was amazing (laughs) and um, her her poetry made me want to just ball like cry my <laughs> oh my god yeah it was that's so-
1: amazing yeah when does that happen <laughs> Jesus. Right? that's so cool sorry I was just like totally zoned off and then I heard that and I was like <laughs> that's amazing because sometimes you go to these and you're like oh my god like. Please be good.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of bad spoken word. <laughs> yeah. out there. But
1: like powerful, someone you don't know. Yeah. Who's, who's doing spoken word. Like that is a good spoken word. Yeah, power. exactly.
2: And, and I do say there's a lot of bad stuff out there. As a very big fan of spoken word. Like, I literally <laughs> have like multiple like playlists of just spoken word because I love wow. spoken word so much. And there's a lot of bad stuff out yeah. there.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I, so um, something that I feel like. Everyone was really, how do I say, affected by, but in a good way. Everyone was like, damn, that's like, yes, I never thought about that. Or like, that's a good line in one of her poetries is that because she is a trans woman, she um, normally has a lower voice than uh, the average woman. But she keeps her voice higher to keep people's expectations. And she was talking about that. And she said, I learned to manage my voice to keep your security, something similar to that. That wasn't word for word, but that's honestly something that I had not thought about before, because um, you just, you know, I feel like unless you're obsessed with trans people in a bad way and you're trying to nitpick (laughs) everything about them, you're not really thinking about these things, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's also,
2: like, like I think in a bad way. Saying, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think you can not necessarily be obsessed with trans people and still notice that just because, like, drag queens. Like, I think a lot of humor with drag queens specifically is that, like, they'll go on stage in drag and be like hi everyone and then they'll have a joke where it's like "No, nah, nah, nah.
0: yeah but well that's
1: <laughs> no i didn't
2: you know
0: what, mean what i mean? yeah a, well, i understood
1: exactly even though yeah. was, what you said was nonsense i understood exactly <laughs> yeah, what you were you. saying yeah
0: I, you. Mean, <laughs> I
3: mean no, know i
0: meant the thing that i don't think about isn't like the change in voice it's that um oh she has tri- to transform in order yeah exactly in order to keep both her security and people's expectations mm-hmm. from her oh totally. yeah um, but yeah, so Kai was overall amazing. Maya, she was the first performer who sang. Uh, she sang all originals, just like Tournesh. Um, she had different three themes throughout, like friendship, heartbreak. She had a song that was just pure vibes called Sands. She was like, I wrote this song thinking of summer. I want to be able to play this on the beach and just vibe with my friends. <laughs> and that is the perfect song. Like, she did a good job doing that. I
2: wanna and she has, Uh, she's on Spotify?
0: Yes, yeah. I'm gonna both, right yeah, both Maya and Turanesh are on Spotify. And she also had us, she is, again, a UBC graduate. Um... Uh, international student. So she talked about the feeling of home. You know, at some point, neither place, neither of the places that you're from, feels like home to you because they both keep changing and you don't know which one you can hang on to. And she had a wonderful voice. Um, and it was really sweet. She has a song called w- Waves. And during that song, everyone just started like moving from side to side and just pure vibing. And it was so nice to see everyone get together and be able to enjoy live music after such a long time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And lastly, Turnesh, she had in terms of her music, different vibes than Maya, but both really well. um, And I feel like the perfect way to explain their vibes and them as artists is do you guys know about the like the astro world thing that happened yeah, where
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. people
0: fainted and died Ooh, and the yeah, artist yeah, didn't yeah. care yeah i feel like these two artists both maya and trudesh would stop their show if someone fainted <laughs> from the crowd right <laughs> yeah and they would make sure oh that they were God. getting the healthy yeah <laughs>
1: just what happened with the astro world was um people were getting trampled and stuff yeah. and Travis Scott didn't stop. Yeah, exactly. The concert. Yeah. So I'm glad that these people would. Yeah,
0: I, they definitely would. They would it's be a, like...
1: It's a low bar. <laughs> no, I,
0: well, I feel like um, stopping a show, it's, even though it seems yeah, like a you know basic what? level, mm-hmm. it's not... It's an act of care. You're yeah, right. exactly. You're right, you're right. Yeah. So
1: what you're saying is these people seem like caring human beings yes. who would be looking out for their, their audience's <laughs> yes, best interest. exactly, Totally,
0: yeah. And um, going back to the song I played, which was Mojo Jojo, uh, she talked about it. She was like, Mojo Jojo and the Powerpuff Girls really cared about each other. You (laughs) know, even though he was a villain, um, you like everyone has a villain in their own story. And who is Mojo Jojo? The Powerpuff Girls. Have you seen that show growing up? But I watched it in
2: Portuguese.
0: Well, oh, okay. I'll show you a picture in a second. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) She was like, yeah, everyone has a, you know, villain in their story. And most likely it's, um, it's a, here you go. The, oh, the tiny guy. yeah. <laughs> and um, she talked about uh, having a villain in your love story. And I, you know, I never thought about the fact that, well, not the fact, but I never thought about Mojo Jojo and the Powerpuff Girls as being caring for each other. day. Even though it's not an act <laughs> very caring, um, like you would expect, they do check up on each other a lot. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> a real powerpuff girl fan. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, why not? I grew up on that.
0: But yeah. yeah, it was really nice. Arts night out, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I would say definitely um because it was a collaboration between Exposure UBC and a Blank Final Project, I would say keep an eye out for both of their socials to see what they're cooking up. And yeah, with that, we'll go wow. into our quick Adam PSA breaks and we'll be right back.
2: Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, Discorder lives. Want
3: to find to catch a
2: Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discord or Magazine or at
4: rickshawtheater.com. Another night's work well done. And so easy without that nuisance Spider Man. I didn't know you cared. You! Yes, Electro, and
2: I'm going to short-circuit you once and for all.
4: You would have been better off in the hands of the police. You are no match for my power. It takes more than power to win. It takes brains and knowing your enemy. I'll pit my power against your brains any day.
2: What was that? That, my thieving fiend, is the result of brains.
4: Use your brain. Turn off all the lights when you leave a room. If every household in B.C. turned off one light bulb for four hours a day for one year, it would save enough electricity to power all the homes in mission for an entire year. This Power Smart Play brought to you by B.C. Hydro Power Smart and CITR 101.9
3: FM. Welcome. <laughs> What I just, just
2: heard the last <laughs> <laughs> part of that? It's because I like to mimic sounds yeah. here, no, and then I hear sometimes I end up recording them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Lua, would you like to talk about Made in Italy? I would. I
2: want to hear about it. Uh, in Italy, sorry. I just I just want to get the um, what's it called the playbill. It's not a playbill. The book? The program? The
0: non-Broadway playbook.
2: (laughs) Yeah. The program. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the program.
2: Uh, So Made in Italy is a play. I talked a little bit about it on our last show. Um, So it is still growing, which is very cool. It's going until April 17th. So you do have some time to catch it. Oh, yeah. And essentially, it is a one-man show about... um, It's a one-man show. I didn't
1: know it was a one-man show. Yeah.
2: And it's... It's described as a musical, but it's not quite a musical. Is this the
1: one of the Arts Club? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! The posters are so good. The, yeah. The, the press for this is so good.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it is an Arts Club show. It's being put on at the Granville Island Stage, and if it's Art Club's, you know, it's going to be very high quality production. Yeah. Um. So it's a play written by Farran Timoteo. Um. I don't know if it's, like, a more, like, autobiographical or inspired by true life events or not. I think it could be. The way it's mm-hmm. told is just very, it seems very relatable, very true, very just, like, this is my story. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm telling you guys my story. And so this is essentially a coming-of-age story in the 1970s in Alberta. And the story is of Francesco Martini, Montini, mm. who is a second-generation Italian immigrant or italian teen who um moved to canada with his dad um when he was just a baby and grew up in alberta of all places (laughs) (laughs) and he never had really gone to italy until Mm -hmm. like um until his teenage years and part of the story is um him going to italy and it's kind of, like, a shift in his relationship mm-hmm. to what happens back in Canada. And so I think some of the themes that it explores is not only just growing up. Uh, there, It explores the themes of, like, immigration and mm-hmm. being an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he is, like, like a white man in Alberta, he is still an immigrant. And that sets him apart from his peers, especially in the 1970s. Uh, it's also, like... Um, how do you balance fitting in and sending out and just it's a really interesting approach to storytelling overall yeah. and so the main character and truly one of the only characters really is um francesco mm-hmm. however um the only other character really is Francisco's father who is played by the same actor. And there's kind of these little shifts of like characterizations and, um, right. Cause it's a one man show. It's a one man show. Exactly. Right. Um, but I would like to say like this one man show, even with the, these flips of characters, it was so convincing that in the end of the show, there is a, t- a moment where the father quote unquote mm-hmm. is waiting for his son to come in. And, um, I was literally like, "Where is he?" <laughs> oh my I'm god! Like, what, what a compliment to that actor! Why, like, what? What? And then it clicked for me. I was like, "He's not coming in because he's on stage. Yeah. It's physically impossible. It's yeah. He's on stage. He can't come in." And I literally, I was just like w- looking at the door, like waiting for him to come in. And I was oh, like, wow.
1: "Where? Where is oh he? Why god. he?" I, I so want long? this actor to hear this because that <laughs> yeah. is like the height, like the best compliment.
2: Yeah. So very, very good acting. Mm-hmm. Um beautiful voice again this is a musical but it's not a musical in the sense that you would imagine a musical uh because the song the music isn't telling the story it's just complimenting the story mm-hmm. and so there are moments where he is a musician and so the music becomes part of the story in the sense of like and then i performed a show yeah and he sings the song yeah or my ass my father asked me to sing and he sings the song okay and so it's these moments of like bringing in music as part of the storytelling is a compliment to the storytelling but it's not uh telling the story through the song mm-hmm. yeah so i think that is something that you know i'm a musical lover so i was very excited for like classic musical style mm-hmm. and i was like how the hell are they gonna do a musical with a one person and I'm really glad they didn't, or at least not in the traditional sense, mm. because I guess this could still be classified as musical, but essentially, like, um, it's a play where music plays a large role. Mm. Um, and so back to the characterization, essentially, there are two characters, but it's very meta in many um, parts of the play, because you have the father and you have um, Francesco. However, you also have Francesco mimicking his father. And you have Francesco mimicking his aunts and uncles. And you have Francesco mimicking his other cousins. So although you have technically two characters, Mm. Francesco mimicking everyone else Mm -hmm. also happens. And you have the moments of, like, Mm. Francesco's father, Francesco, and Francesco mimicking his dad, Mm -hmm. which are three distinct characters, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's very crazy because you're like, ah... I know exactly when I see yeah. the the yeah, son making totally. fun of the dad versus the dad. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, like I am so impressed. I want to see. Is, it still, is the show it's still, still on? until yeah. April seventeenth, so you have some time. Oh my god, sounds incredible. Um, it's really really good. I definitely do, would recommend. But um, it's overall like a very moving story about coming of age and your relationship, like their relationship with with your dad or with your parents and like how do you navigate that because his dad was a single father and um there's so much pride Mm -hmm. in the fact that this is my son i came all the way to canada to Mm -hmm. for a better life for him uh and pushing him to try to make him be more do more Mm -hmm. but at what point does that become too much at what point does it actually start pushing your child away Mm -hmm. and at what point does your child realize wait a second it's out of love, and I need to make my way back. Right. Um, so it's a beautifully constructed story. Um, yeah, it
1: sounds like it's beautifully written. Yeah, it's,
2: it's really well written. It's it's the construction of it in of itself is so interesting mm-hmm. because you don't you get it kind of chronologically, kind of not chronologically. But I think what really makes the show, not only is uh, Francesco. Who is played by? And I do want to give the, him the proper credit. Um, oh, by Faring Faring, Faring Timoteo, um, who also wrote the play. Yeah, so Tell I'm pretty it. sure that yeah. he wrote based on personal experience mm. because he he tells it too well to not. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's I too. Mean, <laughs> he wrote it. He's he's, he's performing it, her, like, it. Yeah, it's, it's, like he's just like so. It just seems so real and mm. so true. Oh, my God. Uh, and there were even moments that he broke character <laughs> because really? he couldn't contain his own laughter at, like, doing certain things. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my god! <laughs> and, uh, like, we were, it's, it also felt like we were all in on the joke. Mm. So it wasn't, like, it didn't take away from the play. It just mm. added to the play because, like, we were all laughing with him being, like, yeah, yes. we see this uh. happening. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's um funny. and so it's it was just a really great play very very incredibly funny like i literally was like crying laughing oh, oh my wow. god at multiple points and so it does touch these very sentimental big themes of like very difficult immigration parents da, 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 mm-hmm. but it also is filled and i mean filled with these funny just like um what's the word that i'm looking for um like, casual moments of mm-hmm. just existence and of growing up and transitioning like from, slice like... slice of life? Yeah, and it's just transitioning from, like, teen to, like, um to your 20s. Yeah. And, yeah. like, how that just leads itself to, like, more confidence. And confidence can be really great, but confidence in the 70s can look really funny because style is very different than yeah. it looks like today. Oh. And so the transitions in costume and transitions in, like, um attitudes mm-hmm. from, like, the, the child's mm-hmm. last teen to, like, the 20-something also is part of, you know, the uh, the creation of this space, creation of this family. Um, and I think at the end of the play, like, you kind of, like, fall in love with this family, and you're like, yeah, all these characters are incredibly flawed. Like, mm-hmm. none of these characters are people that you necessarily want to have for dinner in your house. <laughs> 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 because they all seem a little crazy. Mm, like, <laughs> mm. But they are so loving. Like, you mm. end the play with, like, that's just it was just such a great experience because you also understand that these are all caricatures, and I'm sure that the real aunts and uncles aren't that bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then I also want to give props to the set designers, as usual at the arts at the arts club. The set designers and the lighting lighting designers are um, usually incredible. Um, the set designer for this play um, was. Corey. Uh, Corey Cincennes. S- yeah. And then you also had uh, Connor Moore as the lightning d- lighting designer. Yep. Uh, and then you had two assistant lighting designers, Sh- Shengyan Boone and Celeste English. Uh, props to all of you guys, because the lighting did play a very large role in how you understood the play. Mm. Um, and the set itself was illuminated. So the set itself um, had parts of it that lit up different things oh, to represent wow. different things that's cool yeah, yeah i think you can awesome. see in one of the promo images yeah if you go back that the yeah that one <laughs> yeah
0: so just go to the website and look through the picture
2: <laughs> yeah you'll see it you'll see it
0: or just go to see to see the you to yourself it's yeah um
2: but uh the set was beautiful this big ass um dinner table looks like solid wood i hope it's pretty solid because he <laughs> spends a lot of the time on top of that table <laughs> and every time he went up to that table i was like oh my god please don't fall <laughs> he didn't he didn't he's fine yeah. That's good. um <laughs> but just this gorgeous setup very um this is going to be a very niche <laughs> reference but um 18th 19th century french salons where they had very intricate um backgrounds and then picture frames of all shapes and sizes covering the wall. I feel like that's medium niche.
1: I can sort of picture from top it. In to bottom.
2: Head. Yeah. Okay. The <laughs> reference is there, but it's supposed to be like a family picture yeah. wall. I just got a very, like, 19th century salon mm-hmm. reference, but that's because my minor is in art history, and I just <laughs> spent a go. lot there of time it. There it there is. It is. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time looking at 19th and 20th yes. century arts. So. Gallery wall? Are you thinking
1: gallery wall? Yeah. Like so a
2: portrait wall. Yeah. So it's specifically a salon wall. Okay. <laughs> <But yes. laughs>
1: that's what it's called, guys. <laughs> no, it's just... Isn't a salon like a, like, like a place where people would, like, drink beer and it wasn't like a bar like a, no, oh, i'm thinking of so, saloon yeah i think of saloon. so, yeah. yeah. of saloon, so, so the
2: first gallery spaces galleries weren't a thing until the 20th century mm. the first gallery spaces were called the french salons where like people that went to the the like the art academy in france would display their works and it was like an incredibly hierarchical and incredibly difficult process to get your work displayed mm. and it was like one room every single wall was from like very top to bottom mm-hmm. with works so it was if we, as current audiences, would walk into a space like that, we would be so incredibly overwhelmed. <laughs> but people back then knew how to understand the mm. reading of these oh, cool. these spaces. Um, and I could wow. go on for hours <laughs> talking Quick about this. art history this. with Lua. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: well, new show, new segment. Yeah. I, mean, I literally do
2: this on my Instagram.
1: <laughs> Shout out to me.
2: Hell yeah. Wait,
1: wait, plug your Instagram. What's <laughs> your Instagram handle?
2: Lua Paints. Yeah, um, Lua Paint. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
0: <laughs> with that, let's go into our ads and PSAs. And thank you for the Wait, I, my Instagram history. is Ruby
1: Raven, if anyone wants to go for me. R-A-V-V-I-N. it right now. Yeah, it, our Instagram is artsreportcatr. <laughs> go check it out. Yeah, not that
0: we plugged all of those. <laughs> we'll be right back with, after this quick break.
4: You're listening to CITR 101.9. Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam speaking Musqueam people.
3: Um,
1: excuse me, hi, I
0: was wondering how I maybe might potentially get to be on the radio. Oh, word, yeah,
4: you can do that at CITR and Discord.er I'm sorry? You can cover events and issues in the city and interview people, or you could join a collective and work with people with similar interests to make a show collaboratively, maybe make a few friends. Oh, wow, that sounds superb. Totally. Just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever.
0: Oh, I definitely will. Thank you so much well hello welcome back um so we now that both ruby's and lua's reviews are done i have my reviews now i'll be talking about revisor by the dance company kid pivot and i'll also be talking about uh six of one new play festival but only program b because so let's start with 6 of 1 so as just like the title suggests it's a new play festival so they're showcasing uh, 7 new plays they're all one act like short-ish plays uh, the program A has Budding by Sarah Conway Old Man Little Man by Isaiah Bulbear Aftermath by Ben Brown and Everyone Loves a Mystery by Tristan Foy and Program B, the one I attended, has The Banyan Tree by Abigail Padilla and Kevin Yen Family Christmas by Liam Dignam. Uh, How to F Up a Funeral by Abigail Padilla and Zoe Autumn. And Everyone Loves a Mystery by Tristan Foy. The reason Everyone Loves a Mystery by Tristan Foy is in both of them. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> spoil it because it's a wonderful... Um, way that they've put it in so just go see it for yourself but yeah so this is presented by studio 58 which is the uh, the theater um, program of Langer College and just because they have different programs they have, Um, both matinees and evening shows. So if you can't make a matinee, you can go to the evening show or vice versa. I definitely suggest checking out both of them. Uh, Ruby's actually going to attend program A in the future. So keep an eye out for that review too. Um, So the plays... As I mentioned, they're all uh, short-ish. The whole thing, like with the four plays, the whole thing is two hours and 30 minutes with intermission, and they have a 15-minute intermission. So they're not too long. You definitely don't get bored. And I think, except for the Banyan Tree, all the other ones were like pure comedy. (laughs) The Banyan Tree had some uh, serious... uh, undertones to it with uh, immigration and losing your home and the two characters, the two main characters were, one of them was um, uh, mixed, so uh, well, wait, actually, no, okay, (laughs) let's take it back. (laughs) Both of them are from Asia, but one of them grew up in Canada, the other one grew up uh, in their country, and then immigrated to Canada because their home got destroyed. Oh, I and, love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. also,
2: that is very sarcastic. In case. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in case someone, I think <laughs> <laughs> I don't won't be able to, to it, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So, and then there is the discussion around um, taking care of homes and respecting. Uh, one another as well as respecting nature and also discussions around you know what makes you you are you Asian if you don't speak the language of your country are Mm. you you know um, do you know the saying of like a banana which is very (laughs) offensive yeah yeah. they uh, mentioned that in the play for anyone who doesn't know it's Yellow on the outside but white on the inside. So um Yeah, there's there's lots of iterations of that yeah. Oreo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very offensive. It's very bad. And they talk about those things. So the banyan tree, even though it has some funny moments in it, it was overall um pretty serious and it was interesting because of the way that w- it was put on, so the banyan tree also has characters of a tortoise. Tort wait, Lua help. Tor- tortoise. Tortoise. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> uh, but
2: uh, just to be clear, I am terrible at saying words. Um, well, you were able to say
0: tortoise, so yeah. Yes. But that's that is a I weird had, hard I had word. to grow yeah. up. Yeah.
2: So I learned. It's- did you have a tortoise? I had two. Her <gasps> oh. name, their names were Sheila and Amelia. But then we learned they were both males. So they became Shilo and Amelio. <laughs> 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 they were that's also gay. That's very funny. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. They were, I love they that. were lovers? Yeah. Oh, Hell
1: yeah. That's the only way I want to or- own a tortoise. <laughs> it's, like it's a gay lover of another tortoise. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes.
0: But yeah, so there was a tortoise, a snake, and a bird. And these were uh, spirits and yeah, it was overall very interesting. Family Christmas was really funny. I, when it started, I did think about, you know, where is this going? How is it going (laughs) to end? (laughs) Um, But it, and then afterwards, uh, as it kept, you know, going on, I did have a feeling that it would end with like you know like a happy ending. Everyone comes together. Ah, so family Christmas is basically um, th- uh, this mother who has three children. Um, their father has left them for a younger woman. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and mo- the mom's a like a typical wine mom, and then um, the eldest son. Is very he's off to university, you know. He's trying to keep everything in order. The middle child, uh, she is a, uh, you know, like a very, let's say, an activist who doesn't know exactly what she's protesting for. So there, they have little things where you could pick that up on. For example, you know how bipoc. Um, The P in BIPOC stands for people, but she was talking about, she was like, oh, I protect BIPOC people, like stuff like that, you know, (laughs) those little details. They gave you the information you needed. That was really nice. And then the youngest child, he is... um, chronically online Oof. and they if you well you can imagine where that goes with someone who is chronically online with a older sister who is protesting everything in this world mm-hmm.
2: yeah so everything <laughs> becomes very problematic
0: yeah exactly so the play was basically a lot of fights um but a lot of uh, funny funny moments too and then at the end it was a A happy family. (laughs) And if you want to know how that happens, you can Mm -hmm. go see it. How to F F up a funeral was just pure comedy. That was amazing. They describe it as we put the fun in funeral. Mm -hmm. And they did. (laughs)
3: and they did (laughs) they really (laughs) did
0: and also so the actor who's supposed to play the son in this play was out that day i don't we don't know why but it was played by someone else and he had a script in his hand but the thing is i it was we i forgot that you know he didn't even know the part after like oh, wow. two minutes. Yeah, okay. he did so well. Wow. The only reason you would understand that he wasn't supposed to play the part was because he had the script in his hand. Right. Oh, good
3: for him. Yeah. That's so
0: exactly. Cool. So, um, wait. Let me find the. Let me find the cast. Uh, quick shout out to Yorgos Sahamis. That was that was wonderful, and yeah, this it was. <sighs> It was such a funny play. I I would say like I don't know anything about program A, so I can't say you know. Oh, see program B, but like I feel like you should see how to f up a funeral. It was it regardless. was really funny. Yeah, regardless, just like <laughs> go to program B. Who wrote the these? Uh, when when are they still on until? Like when are they on? April eight. April eight. So yeah. This yeah.
2: Weekend.
0: yeah. Nice. Um, and then the last one. Everyone loves a mystery. I'm not gonna say much because
2: how, how much are tickets oh sorry going, and, then,
1: I'll ask <laughs> and then also my question about who wrote them but take your time <laughs>
0: um yeah oh okay yeah everyone loves a mystery i'll keep it a mystery everyone does love a mystery just like go check it out yourself i really don't want to mess it up the only thing i'll say is when the whole thing ended i sat down and i was like i had a friend named Alex with me. I sat down and was like, "Alex, don't move. I need to update my notes."
3: <laughs> oh, wow.
2: Losing yeah. yeah. everything out. I can't say anything about this play. Yeah. It will ruin it.
0: So, um, uh tickets, uh the tickets for both programs are sold separately. Uh general admission is $20 and student is $10. They also have a seniors uh, discount, discount, which is $18. But yeah, um, they have tickets, which is wonderful because the last two, three plays have all been sold out. So Ooh, you still have a them. chance to, yeah, go see it. Um, the plays, I'll, so program B or both? Which one were you talking about? Both. both. The playwrights? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering who wrote these. Um, the Banyan Tree was written by Abigail Padilla and Kevin Yen. Um, Family Christmas by Liam Dignam. How to, f- F-Up A Funeral by Abigail Padilla and Zoe Autumn. And Everyone Loves the Mysteries
2: by Tristan Foy. And this is all the, like, the student plays, right? At UBC? Yes. Yeah. This Not UBC. Langara. 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 Studio Langara. Yeah.
0: Studio 58. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. And with that, uh, I'll move on to my last review, Ooh. which is Revisor by Kid Pivot. Uh, Kid Pivot is the dance company of Crystal Pite who is a wonderful choreographer. She's a genius and she nothing is, short. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Revisor is created by Crystal Pite and playwright Jonathan Young and um, choreography is by Crystal Pite and the script is by Jonathan Young and you may be wondering, wait, there's a why is a playwright involved in a dance show. Well, (laughs) Crystal Pite's choreography, I will say, really stands out because of the use of dialogue and um, how it is mixed into music and uh, that's not the only type of music that they use in the show, but uh, it is a big part of it and Revisor basically tells the story of a um uh, a s- a sneaky bureaucrat uh who the yeah. worst kind no <laughs> like the fourth worst kind of other kind of <laughs> 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 and and some corrupt officials Oof. so the officials are waiting uh for a reviser to come to you know the revisor is gonna revise and <laughs> send sa- yes revise, yeah. <laughs> send out a report and they want the report to be perfect, and the bureaucrat uh, is perfect huh?
2: But they are less than perfect. <laughs> they <laughs> are, are. <laughs> less
0: than perfect. Um, uh, the bureaucrat is uh, he is like he. He, he, how do I put this? He is actually very small in the grand scheme of things. Um, I thought you were going to say
2: he was just like a very small person. No.
0: (laughs) No. So, for example, his job is to move a dot in a report. Whereas... Uh the like the main person the officials are afraid of is the person who writes the report um but everything takes a turn when the officials mistake the bureaucrat for the person who is writing the report
3: ah
0: yes and um just a reminder this is a dance show (laughs) but there are voices so the show starts off uh it's all pre-recorded um it starts off with like the description, and then the characters start talking, and they dance as they're talking, mm. and their movements are in time with the. Are they lip syncing or just? Yes, they're oh. lip syncing. The interesting thing is, I saw another, um, uh, like a, another thing that Crystal Pite choreographed. In that one, they weren't lip syncing, but in this one, they were. So, interesting choice, but yeah, it worked, and it's very interesting because at first they were lip syncing so good that I kind of was like this can't be live (laughs) like I know that there Mm. are people who are saying the words and they're different from the dancers but I was like are there people in like backstage holding a mic and just like saying these words (laughs) but then (laughs) I quickly realized that that wasn't the case because they as I mentioned uh, in the beginning they mix the voices and blend that into the music Mm -hmm. and it's all very interesting Interesting. It was 90 minutes with no intermission. And I just, I don't know what else to say besides the fact that this was amazing. It's such an interesting concept that so well done. And which show is this called again? Revisor.
2: Is it a one-time thing or is it still? On? Oh yeah, wait, this no. is the one. The kid,
0: yeah, the kid pivot. Yeah, kid pivot. Oh. Uh, so it's I'm done, so unfortunately. It. But uh, I'm sure
1: he'll. I'm sure
0: they'll do another yeah, one. Yeah, the good thing is because Crystal Pite is um, local <laughs> artist, even though she does things. Um, in many very different uh, <laughs> dance companies. She is, so she recently won a Governor's Choice Award. Like, Good for her. Yeah, right? And Kid Pivot is therefore a local company. So they have been um, touring with Revisor and then uh, Dance House, uh, this was presented within Dan's House. So I feel like you can definitely catch Revisor at another time. And place, not necessarily with Dance House, but I feel like that should definitely
1: be possible. <laughs> and I can't if, wait for the next one. I'm yeah, I want to see it so bad because
0: if that happen, if they're presenting it, if they're performing it, definitely go see it. This was amazing and you might be taken aback by the lines and the talking and the lip syncing at first but you get into it really quickly I had a friend with me who had not seen a dance show since she was like five uh, and so you mean ever so yeah, <laughs> yeah I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. So and she came out with uh, out of it and she was like oh my god that was amazing I loved it so much I'm like I was so scared that you weren't gonna like it <laughs> uh, I know when
1: you bring people to stuff and you're like yeah. anxious about how it's gonna go Oh, yeah totally. exactly because yeah. if
0: you don't have much experience with dance it can really go to exactly ways. like yeah. what i was describing watching the yeah. modern dance right yeah totally exactly. yeah because We're once I, from, I like two years ago i took another friend to a dance show again within dance house and he was like that's not what i was expecting i'm like are you kidding me that was amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was expecting more like Musical theater pop and lo- Pop and lock? No, like more <laughs> jazz type of things. And okay. then it was very contemporary. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like um, Kid Pivot, just keep that in mind. Um, but definitely, definitely keep an eye out if they perform Revisor again definitely check it out it was amazing and i'm so happy i was able to see it crystal Pite is such a good choreographer and jonathan young did such a good job writing the whole thing because you know it's not just the dance show it's both a play and a yeah. dance show together mm-hmm. yeah that's so, really
2: challenging yeah wow.
0: it is yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> um that's all from From us today. Thank you all so much for uh, listening, for tuning in. Anything you guys want to add before we go? No.
2: I mean, bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) Tune in next week. We have a lot of other stuff planned and um mm-hmm. soon sarah and i will say our goodbyes from
0: yes but um, i mean well we'll, say, we'll stick around fully. yeah yes, we're not exactly. gonna be going fully but you might not hear my voice every yeah. week unfortunately we'll yes. see we don't mm-hmm. know when that'll happen for sure but yeah well it'll happen it's <laughs> thing. but yeah. tune in
1: next week it's gonna be a great show michelle obama will be here oh I'll hell yeah <laughs> <tune in.
2: laughs>
1: i wish oh my god wouldn't that be so cool <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why would she be here?
1: Well, she maybe she. Talk about she is. So tune she in. She likes. <laughs> She probably would like to go see, you know, a Vancouver dance show. She
0: uh, she wouldn't she doesn't only talk about politics, I would assume.
1: She has time now. She's no longer the first lady. <laughs> She's got some free time.
0: That's true. And <laughs> unfortunately even though we don't have Michelle Obama, we uh, have uh, us. Hey,
1: hey, hey, we might. <laughs> we might. We never want more We <laughs> might We're we're not 100% sure that Michelle Obama won't be in Vancouver next week. We don't know her schedule. That is true.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, uh, <laughs>
1: Hey, hey!
0: To find out if Michelle
1: Obama is here next week,
0: how about you? There you go. Wednesday at five p.m. This has been the Arts Report. Thank you all, and have a lovely day. Bye.